Keys just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard and see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back. Thanks for joining us back for episode 43 of Just Dishing It. We're going to jump right back into it as alluded to at the end of last week's episode. You are about to hear part two of our interview with the Charging Buffalo founder, Jared Halt. Thanks for the support as always, everyone. Hope you enjoy part two of this interview. And we will be back next week with another brand new episode and a brand new guest. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, what are thanks. your th- what are your thoughts on um you know everything going on with the you know the NHL players in the Olympics and what we saw come of that? What do you what what is your perspective on that, Jared? I, I think this is a fascinating topic. Yeah, I think as soon as we sort of started to see these COVID cases pop up in the NHL, a lot of questions were gonna be raised and you know, I think we already know that the NHL isn't too fond of going to the Olympics to begin with. So once, you know, those uh, those red flags started popping up, I think, you know, that was raised even more. I think it'll be interesting now that we sort of know we're going to have this conglomerate of young guys. It'll be really cool to see Owen Power if he is there like we expect. Um, and I think it'll be sort of similar to what we had a couple of years ago when it was like Brian Gianta captaining, captaining the uh, Team USA team where you just have – you know, these guys on a big stage that you may not expect. I saw some names on the list for Team Canada that I have not heard in a couple of years. So I think that'll be interesting to see. Um, I think, it, it, you know, it really wasn't a surprise as I sort of alluded to there uh, when they didn't end up going. You heard guys like McDavid sort of voice their concern as we were leading up to it. Um, so, you know, I think I think it's something that the NHL and the players where, you know, they want to have some sort of best-on-best competition um, this is a discussion I was having with Chris Ostrander from uh, Two in the Box a couple weeks ago on Twitter. Is like, I think there are some challenges though with sort of just trying to copy and paste the Olympics onto a World Cup of Hockey. Um, obviously, I think the motivations for someone like Ovechkin to go play in the Olympics for Russia, I think, is just so much different than to sort of be in this manufactured environment of like playing for your country under a league-run um, sort of umbrella. So I think uh, I think that's something that the league will eventually sort of straighten out. And I think they'll bring back some sort of World Cup and try and compound that over years and um, reestablish it, I guess, as, you know, a premier event for the league. Because I think the, the Olympics is just continuously an issue for them. I think, yeah. this, you know, players are always going to want to go to the Olympics. But I think the NHL, especially now that COVID is just another layer they need to consider, um, you know, it seems like it's just consi- consistently sort of like an issue for them. Yeah, it's. I don't. I feel like the Olympics is such a tough topic because I've listened to so many people talk about this, and I try to understand both sides. Right? Like, you're never going to understand it from the player perspective unless you're in that scenario. Right? Like, obviously, like Jared, you said, like. Ovechkin wants that gold medal for Team Russia in the Olympics. Like, that's obviously, like, that's one of the bucket list items that he's going to want in his career. But, like, from an NHL perspective, I guess you can, you can understand it, right? Like, the NHL can't isn't making any money off of it. 
you're potentially getting your players hurt, right? So why would you want a player that's under contract with you that you're paying to get hurt in a game that you can't even profit off of on the business side of things, you know? And then on the player side of things, obviously you do want to go, but it's, I don't know, like part of me thinks it sucks, right? Because we got such great moments, right? Like 2014, the shootout with, you know, TJ Oshi, like that's one of, for our generation, like, you know, U.S. hockey fans, like, that's one of the cooler moments for us. You know, you've got... Was that 2014? That was 2014, yeah. And then wow. you had, like, 2010 before that, that was Vancouver, right? And that was Sydney um, Crosby. Crosby in that game with Team Canada. But an awesome Team Canada-USA game, right? I think it was Parise tied it up with, like, a couple seconds left in the game to go to overtime, like, just some unreal moments there. But then part of me is like, all right, like if these guys can't play, obviously still going to watch Olympic hockey, but maybe somebody else gets a shot at it because they put up an unbelievable performance on the big stage, right? Like maybe one of these guys on team Canada that you haven't heard their name in a couple of years steps up and plays out of their mind and gets a contract out of it. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah for you sure. know, it could, could be kind of like those 1980 vibes, right. With, uh, you know, a bunch yeah. of college kids going over there and kind of making a name for themselves. So I think in its own right, it still could be a cool tournament. But, yeah, it does kind of suck when it's not best on best, right, from a fan perspective and a player perspective. I mean, just look at the Soccer World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, not even same level, though. I think that's yeah. why, like, the NHL, they really – they need to just sort of make the World Cup its own premier event. They need – I think – it really just takes those moments that you sort of talked about there. Like the last world cup definitely had them with team North America, the McKinnon yep. overtime winner and stuff like that. So I think, you know, the more they do it, um, this is an idea I sort of came around to, as, as I mentioned there, I was sort of against the world cup of hockey idea, but I think it, if they just put it in place and they, na- those moments sort of just naturally occur just from playing the games that I think they'll eventually um, sort of build that um, perception of the event is more high end. Yeah, because that's the pedigree the Soccer World Cup has, is that's always been the thing, is where the Olympics was always kind of secondary for them. And they they do it in hockey right now with, you know, World Junior Championship. Obviously, it's junior-level players, but those are the best players in the world for their age bracket, and that's the most important stage of hockey for you to perform on until you get to the NHL, right? So I think they could do it. you know, in terms of a World Cup. But, yeah, like Jared, you said, it's going to take time, right? Those moments have to organically happen and then just kind of build those rivalries, build the prestige of the event, and it'll take over. But, yeah, I mean, hopefully – I would love it if hockey could have a World Cup that meant as much as soccer's World Cup because that that would be electric, right? Like, yeah. There's, no, there's nothing like the World Cup. Yeah, there's more hockey. I think, yeah, yeah, the biggest challenge there is obviously, like, for me, I'm not into soccer at all, but I'll watch the World Cup, one right. through the country aspect of it, but really just the star players as well. Where I think hockey, that's one of the challenges they're sort of up against is just marketing those star players on a global level. And also, you know, I think soccer, I guess, is to the same extent with this a little bit, but, you know, a casual fan may turn on the game and they may not necessarily know like what player to look for or may not stand out where in basketball, it's like, you're going to notice Steph Curry right away. And you're going to realize like, okay, that guy's the best player on the team. 
So I think just sort of globalizing the game in general, like they have a bit of an uphill battle in that sense. Um, just really, just because the game isn't nearly as global or as accessible as something like soccer to begin with. And then the next layer to that would be just like familiarizing um, the general public with just like the big star players. I think even now, like it was sort of funny, we were talking about how the young guys have sort of taken over for guys like Ovi and Crosby, where I bet if you pulled 10 Europeans of, you know, who are the, who are the top three players in hockey, I bet a lot of them would mention Crosby and McDavid or Crosby and Ovechkin, but not mention McDavid or Matthews or Eichel, just because those guys are sort of, they've had that time to be marketed. And those are sort of the marquee names that are globally known. But I think even a guy like McDavid, like it's criminally, um, it's just criminal, I guess, how how small his exposure is globally, I guess, to, to some of these other guys. I think yeah. even, even here locally, like in the United States, I, I would even make that argument. Yeah, like, I agree. You know, obviously, like some of the new TV deals with ESPN hopefully can help that out. Getting some some more marketing going uh, definitely, you know, can help take a step forward. But, you know, hockey, as much as we all love it, it's it is a bit of a niche community. Right. Because of that accessibility. Right. Like every kid, when you're young, you can play soccer. Yeah. It's tougher for a kid or for a family to get into hockey based on economic status, based on geography. Like, I mean, if up Even until just equipment, recent, you just need a ball for others. Yeah, players. exactly. Like if you have a, if you have a ball, it doesn't even have to be a soccer ball. You can go outside and play soccer with your friends. Right. Like, I want to jump in real quick, too. real quick, just because uh, I think you made a really good point there about the TV deal. That's one thing, just because obviously I'm, I'm interested in sort of the, the digital media side of all this stuff and media companies and how that you know can help grow the game as well and i think the new tv deals are huge because you see that um like bleacher report and espn they have the rights now maybe not even that they didn't have the rights before but now that they have incentives tied to hockey now they're actually sharing highlights so you see a page like bleacher report with multiple millions of followers now posting the kale mccarr goal from last night where before you would have never seen this in a million years so even just subconsciously you know people that aren't into hockey they're probably still just going to scroll past it but even just the name clicking like little things like that will go a long way seeing one play like the trevor zegers play that getting shared on espn and bleacher report and getting millions and millions and millions more plays and exposure than it would have you know otherwise i think those that'll be huge down the line um especially more so in the u.s than anything just because that's how so many kids and people in general just consume sports nowadays nowadays like i pretty much just follow hockey and football like very closely where the nba though like just following bleacher report and some of these other accounts like i get the gist of like what i feel like i need to know and what's going on and the important storylines within the league just from following accounts like that so then when you know the nba finals are on or i'm just scrolling through you know the tv or something and want to watch a game like i i have some context to apply to it and you know that might make me a big fan by just getting that initial um that initial exposure because that accessibility or that interest comes from visibility you're seeing it 100%. and that's yeah. the problem i have with this olympic thing where i understand now with covid sure that i to me that was the excuse the nhl was looking for to not let them go think of that what you will 
I mean, say the Olympics this were supposed to be in Los Angeles this year, or the you know whatever, like California, let's say that whatever the city is that they pick, is the NHL taking the same stance even with COVID? It's interesting to think about. I think I the think logistics could be. I think a big part of why they didn't go this year is, be, and you heard this from McDavid, is a lot of the concern the players had. It wasn't even like the potential of being exposed over there. It was the that quarantine, did, right? Yeah, it, it was the Chinese positive. Rules. Yeah, yeah, you had like, to stay another three weeks after <laughs> testing positive or something. And like and in I the NHL, the language, who knows how many games that is or whatever, maybe so. a lot. I'm pretty yeah. sure the language too is like your quarantine was subject to like the like approval of like the Chinese authorities or something right. like that. So basically, like their government yeah, would get to decide like, hey, does this person get to fly back yet or not? So like, yeah, yeah. that's definitely part of it. I think if it was like the U.S. or Canada, it definitely would have been like a lot more relaxed in terms of the league because. Like, okay, worst case scenario, this person tests positive. They basically just go through NHL protocols for the next five days or whatever it is, and then they're good. Yeah, and then you're on the continent you're supposed to be on to get back to the NHL. Yeah, exactly. Right? It makes sense. But it even so, like I'm saying, and, and we're talking, you know, the exposure and growing the game globally, and but you're going to always put up a stink about the Olympics, even before COVID. They, like Jared said, they never really liked it. So, but then they wonder why they're like an afterthought when it comes to, you know, popular professional sports in the United States. Well, I think yeah. they were on to something, too, where they were sort of they're having games in Sweden, um, games in China and stuff like that. And I think that's it's not that they don't want to expand globally. But, yeah, I don't know. I think I think this year, obviously, it was um, there's an asterisk with it all, with all the ideas yeah. and the or the uh, the uh, actions that they were starting to take. Really, I, I, I get you for sure. Yeah. Um, what else? We got another, like, you know, couple minutes here with Jared too. Do you got anything else you want to, want to ask him before we let him go? I mean, I think, I think we covered, uh, covered some of the stuff I was, I was what are you guys, what are you guys most stuff. looking forward to, uh, in Vegas? I want to hear. Um, <laughs> I just want to hit a, a bet with the boys, like a, like a nice juicy one where I can, with my winnings, I can buy everyone the crab buffet if they still even do that. So <laughs> like, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. It's just the group sellies when someone hits a big bet or hits on the craps table. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. It's, that's the gambling me, side, but the content and the networking that we're going to be doing is incredible. I would say it's a two prong thing with that. The, the gambling side with, you know, whatever you're going to be doing, obviously Vegas, but the networking and the conversations and the relationships we're hopefully going to, you know, foster, grow, or, you know, make new ones, obviously, too, right? That's what I'm thinking, mostly. Yeah, definitely. And, like, that's, for me, like, what you said earlier, Jared, where you were, like, you know, everyone's kind of thinking at some point they want to get there. Um, yeah. You know, I've never gone before. So I'm excited that my first trip to Vegas is going to be with this group. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be just – a lot of fun to kind of network to and, and make more of those connections because that to me was like, so if we're talking about like end of year recaps for 2021, like that was my favorite part of 2021, right? It was like networking through the podcast, through other platforms and really getting to know some new people. And I think there's going to be no better venue to do it than there, right? We've got a group of guys that are going and 
we're obviously going to have our fun because we know how this crew is, but, um, you know, everyone's going to be there with a purpose as well. So, you know, definitely going to hopefully come home with a lot of, uh, a lot of solid connections to, uh, to move forward with here, but yeah, what's, what's on your mind as we're, as we're going out there. Yeah. I think a lot of that same stuff, I think sort of, I touched on this earlier, but just, I think some of the, uh, the spontaneity of what's, what we'll do when we're there, just because we don't really have a set schedule where we have to be here at a certain time. I think, you know, sort of just taking it by year, as I mentioned, there's gonna be so much going on. So I think, uh, I feel like it's, it's probably gonna go quick just because we're always gonna be swept up yeah. in something. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think we're going to wake up in the morning um, at one point and we're all going to be looking around the room. We're going to be like, where's Benny? And he never <laughs> left the craps table the night before. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to have to swing by the casino to pick him up on the, uh, on the way to whatever. If, if I, if I end up on an all night heater at the craps <laughs> table and nobody's there with me, someone's getting punched. <laughs> so we're going to have a bed. Look for Benny's mattress on the roof. <laughs> uh, Derek, jump in here. I want we got to hear what you're thinking to close out uh, before Jerry leaves here. I want to hear yours. Make well, sure Jerry hears it too. For me, I guess, I guess just the potential of people that we can possibly film. Um, you know, especially for you know, I guess just me being the camera person. Um, so stop. I'm, I'm always trying to no. I, I mean. <laughs> Just always trying to just uh, you know film film whoever and you know the, the new people that we don't always normally get to film will be a nice little switch up. But yeah, um, I think just having the whole group like together yeah. for an activity too. Like, I think can we film, yeah. can we can we record a podcast in the airport? Yeah, dude, we got a. I don't know if you're on our flights home, but we got like a four hour layover. Yeah, we do. We got that red eye, and like we literally fly from a, a red eye, a red eye podcast. Hour, like, I'll have six in the morning. We could just spread out in the lobby there and like just go like you know a certain distance and because I'll have everything with me because I'm gonna have my laptop and I'll just bring these headphones. We could totally do that to where we're just like we'll, we'll do a normal podcast, but we'll do like live commentary from the airport, people watching and stuff. Like it would be wow. absolute gold. Hey man, can you fun. come over here? We want to ask you a couple questions. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Evan Rodriguez when he was a city man? <laughs> <laughs> uh you know what right. can we can we maybe reach out to eichel sit down and talk to him and i want to ask jack that question hey what do you think of your buddy evan rodriguez when he was a saber uh, what about bu they were yeah. yeah exactly i'm sure he's gonna have a lot of great things to say about erod that'll get tutor really fired up oh my god i'm already ready to put him in the hall of fame dude's Dude's second on the Penguins in points right now. I'm looking at it right now. 13 goals, 13 assists in 31 games, just under a point a game. He's dude's buzzing. Tudor's gonna be, be talking with Ike. Yeah, Tudor's gonna be talking with Eichel about uh, Evan Rodriguez, and then he's gonna hear all the hockey stuff. And then at the end, Jack's gonna tell him he likes cheap beer and he loves to bet on horses. And Tudor's is just gonna go buy an Evan Rodriguez jersey. <laughs> You know what? I, I thought about it during when he got his first hat trick, like um, last game against the Sharks. I just literally pulled, almost pulled the trigger on number his jersey. But no, I might be the only dude in history to try to reach out to Jack Eichel, not to talk to him, but have him get me in touch with Evan Rodriguez. So I, can talk <laughs> to uh, I love it. All right, Jared, we'll let you get out of here. I know you got some stuff going. Such a pleasure to have you once again. Uh, plug the socials, plug 
everything real quick before you go. I'm sure everyone knows, but just in case we get some new ears on here. Yeah, appreciate it. Definitely always a blast to hop on with you guys. Definitely excited to uh, link up again in a month if I don't see you before then. But no, if you want to follow uh, the Charging Buffalo socials, it's just at the Charging Buff on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I talked a lot about the newsletter. As I mentioned, if you guys are into the Sabres, uh, that's probably the best spot to, to find our, our long-form content, to find our analysis on the Sabres. We're active on Twitter and stuff every day, but if you want like our, our hard-hitting content, definitely go check out the newsletter. Um, you can find it on our Twitter, or you can just Google the Charging Buffalo Substack. That's the platform we're on. Again, the Charging Buffalo Substack. Toss us, 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 us a subscribe. <laughs> a lot of S's in there. There you go. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, definitely just check us out on social. Um, if you want to hit me up at all, I'm at Jared Halt. Um, you can feel free to ask me questions, send me your hot sabers takes, uh, send me whatever you got. I'm, I'm all ears. So, uh, yeah, thanks again, boys. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah, we'll be talking to you, Jared. Have a good night. Enjoy the storm. We'll yeah. be, uh, we'll be seeing you, buddy. Thanks for your time. Yeah, you too. Stay safe, boys. Later. Say up. I mean, just what a guy. What a what guy. a guy. What a guy. I, I think I just got a notification. I'm going to double check this on my phone right now. That's what I was looking at when Jared was talking. I think our flight actually, as we talked about it, got switched from Buffalo to Niagara Falls Airport for Vegas. I don't know. Oh, whoa. Uh, whoa. <laughs> I don't got that message. I don't got that one in the email, and I don't got that in text. All right, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I had a notification pop up on my uh, my laptop here, but we'll see what happens. Um, we'll find yeah, it, man. Uh, <laughs> we gotta know. <laughs> live on the show. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't show it in the app, so I don't know what no, my, I don't know what my laptop. I don't have an email. Oh, okay. All right. Tudor's losing it. He probably um, he, he's so focused on that E Rod jersey tracking number. Oh my God. <laughs> he's mixing them up. You you uh, laugh you laugh but uh, watch we'll get we'll get Erod on the show sometime Erod if you're listening I would love the to off chance that you're listening to this I'm a huge fan I love you in Pittsburgh I hope you stay a Penguin forever you're the man see and then it's that's the problem with some of the journalists we have in Buffalo because then everyone talks to us like Tudor they talk to the rest of the fan base like we agree with some of these other people who I'm not going to name on the show as much as I would like to. But what do you what do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? There's some of, some of these hot takes and stuff, and you know some of the stuff that got stirred up today on Twitter. Go on there, you'll find it. I'm sure. Yeah, I, honestly, I didn't even know what you were talking about with Erod Twitter because I was kind of busy. Yeah, full time gig today, but um, well, because we talked about it with Jared, it was it was just yeah. absurd. Some of the the criticism the guy got. I, you know, I like, think he was I everything I expected him to be. But and he didn't get like, a lot of good chances. He, he was an un, he was an undrafted he was an undrafted sign. Like I think I know. it's also what, what do you like, want from every, the guy? Everybody yeah. wants bust an ass guy. on the PK. He, he loved it. He was mucking it up. But every everyone wants that guy that they can blame, right? And like nobody wants to blame the superstar, so they just like take it out on a guy like Erod, where it's like, dude, the dude's the dude's playing his balls off out there every single night, like. You know, didn't get many great opportunities on what at the time here in Buffalo was not a good team, you know, and then you you see him go into a a little more favorable situation and, you know, he starts to play really well. And not only it's not even like he's 
he's playing on a line with a guy like Crosby and just kind of like getting those Connor Sheary tap-ins as much as I loved Sheary as a penguin. Like Evan Rodriguez is driving offense for that team. Like he, the way he's really commanding the zone out there uh, when he's in the offensive zone, like he just looks like a confident hockey player. And it's something I didn't really expect when he came over to Pittsburgh, but he's literally probably the biggest part of why they've gotten to where they have so far this year, because Gensel's played unbelievable, but he's missed some time. Malkin and Rust both missed a ton of time. Sid missed time and, and Erod has stepped it up. So yeah, that's, um, that's what good team. That's what good teams. That's what good franchises do. Yeah, Very simple. There's a reason the Penguins have had the success they've had in the past couple. Of what? Oh, Jesus, we're going what? You know, part of two 15, decades now. Yeah, really. Fifteen, probably about fifteen years or so. Yeah. They, they were pretty brutal up until like 2007, eight maybe, and then you know 2008 they went and they. Lost the Stanley Cup final one in 09. But yeah, like 04, 05, they were pretty bad. Was Whitney and, on that team? And before that, yeah, Whit- Whitney was on the teams That's through right. 2008 when they lost. And then he got traded in 09, the year they won it uh, during yeah. the season. Yeah. That's right. So. And <clears throat> is this the most coverage Evan Rodriguez has ever had? On probably any on any podcast, yeah. I, I, I mean, anywhere almost. Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably, yeah. you know. I mean, besides maybe like Pittsburgh local radio. Oh, they're probably going nuts for him right now. Oh, but that's yeah, what that's I was going to say, too. I love it. He's not on the Sabres anymore. But I love when guys in, in that in that era that we all, you know, me and Derek especially, are just dread. When guys get ran out of town and just completely dummied, you know, by the media. And then they get somewhere better and they have success. I love it. It happens all the time. It's I love like it. A, it's a Buffalo special. Yeah, it literally it's a like Buffalo it, special. Baby. You know what? No, you know what? Like no, on, on hockey and football, it happens everywhere. It, it used to be like that with football, not as much now because no. they established obviously a pretty solid organization. But right, you know, hockey hockey has some work to do to get there. They're on the right track, though. Like we were saying earlier, and. You know, like this team does look and feel different compared to where the Sabres were, you know, even, you know, the Eichel Reinhardt days um, when they were coming up together. But yeah, man, like it's certain guys get run out of town here and it's a shame to see because. They're good players. They just and then they go on to win twice in Stanley Cups. But. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just have to find. I think also though, sometimes you have to find the right opportunity, right? Like I had this conversation with someone last week about uh, about Josh Allen. Josh Allen came into the Bills at a time where they started to get some stability in the front office with a, a pretty solid general manager. They got some stability in the coaching staff. And he's really flourished and become one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now, if Josh Allen got drafted, you know, where Sam Darnold did in that draft a few picks higher and he went to the Jets, I think we're talking about Josh Allen is like, wow, that dude never panned out. That He looks like shit. But, you know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just it's yeah. one of those things. Like, you go to an organization that is not at a spot where they can – really be what you need as a young player a guy can really 
get thrown off or if you go into a solid situation, then your career can take off in a whole different trajectory. Now, it's the same talent in that player, but that makes a huge difference to your organization. And, you know, I, hopefully the Sabres with Granado are, are on that track. And it seems like these guys are, you know, playing their tails off for them and, and really competing well. But, yeah, they they didn't have that for a while. And the media here, you guys know, they're tough on people. And yeah. I not, think not me, always in the right ways either. Yeah, the there's a time for it. And, you know, for me, I think for me personally, I don't know what Derek thinks of this. I didn't realize back, you know, before Eichel left, when that team, those teams, when they were building and we thought we were close, even up to friggin' last year when we signed Taylor Hall. And I was like, we're kind of right there. We didn't realize how broken the the prospect pool was. You know, you heard rumblings of us too. That too. But now that you see you got a good good core of it all intact at pretty much every level, and you know, and you saw it in the Eichel trade, Kevin Adams isn't gonna budge on stuff. He's not gonna rush guys, he's not gonna, you know, he's gonna get what he feels is right, and he's got the full reins. And that's you know, that's what you need to see. You need to let the hockey people do their job. And I'm you're starting to see what just basically not even one full season can do. What one draft, one free agency period, and one good coaching hire can do. Yeah. Well, they're near they're they're gonna finish near the bottom of the league, but every single game two you touched on it, they are competitive. They are never out of the game. Right. Where last year it's not if they're going to be out of the game, it's what period they're going to be done. Mm-hmm. And, and it's body language too, right? You watch those teams, there's no quit in that team, right? Yeah. So, I, And I think that's a huge positive. You look at body language of the Buffalo Sabres of, you know, the, last year. the 2016 to 2020 last year. era, right? Like body yeah. language was horrible. Like you'd show up to a game or you'd watch last year was TV. Brutal. And it'd be the first period, and it looked like guys were trying to just get out of there. Taylor wow. Hall looked like the most miserable player day in, day out on that ice. And then he got yeah. traded to Boston, and he was like, whoa, whoa we're good. Yeah. We're good, guys. We're good. That guy's the biggest scam I've ever – I could go on for a while, especially watching him against Buffalo the other night. Like, just such a scam artist. I mean, the guy – like, like – Skinner's out here just getting chirps left and right, but Taylor Hall has legitimately scammed teams like left and right. I mean, he's done it all over the league for multiple contracts. For multiple contracts, and he still gets them. And he still yeah. gets them. I don't understand it. Did it with the Devils. Did it with us. I mean, he was not that good for Edmonton either. I like. I, it, there's three teams right there, and I'm sure I'm missing stuff too. Like, I mean, that guy's just a, he's a scam artist. I, 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 I really think he is. I'm sorry, but because like, and then he got Derek a uh, Taylor Hall jersey. Well, and then he goes to like Boston, you know, and just like lights it up, no problem. And he's like, got you know, he's got pep in pep in his step, and he just he looked like he was like the worst player game in and game out. And like people are giving you know Jeff Skinner shit, you know. You know, and guys are chirping Skinner about his um, contract when Taylor Hall is a, a legitimate scam artist with his contract. I mean, this, the contract that he – I mean, it was only one year, but, like, dude pulled, what, nine mil on out of the saves? <laughs> That's pretty ridiculous. And went and got traded away, got his full nine mil, and scored, what, maybe less than ten goals for the Sabres? <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, I'd say that's a pretty, pretty big scam artist move. I mean, and guys are, guys are. Eric wants a full-on fraud investigation going. <laughs> well, in no, but I just all. think of like I just think of like the guys that you hear the like chirps on the ice and stuff of. Yeah, the Skinner like, stuff hilarious. Skinner, like, and he's where's like, that he, for Taylor Hall? Yeah, I but got, like I Taylor totally Hall has done this like three, you know, three times over. Like, I mean, he at least had a decent run with the Devils, and it just obviously just wasn't pissed. a good fit. But guys are just pissed that Skinner was an opportunist. He had a great year, and you know, on it. I mean, he, I think he capitalized on it, and they, him and his agent had Jason Botterill's balls in a vice. yeah. They handcuffed yeah. him. It literally yeah. was the exact same situation of if you don't pay him, he's gonna walk, and then he's gonna go and do that shit for another team. So yeah, like, then he would have ended up on the Bruins lighting it up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you literally had the team handcuffed at what you wanted him for. I mean, he just had unbelievable timing. Like, yeah, for that, sure. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anything like his fault it was just it is what it is you had to pay him that money and with i don't know with with hall i don't really know what to make of a guy like that only because i'm kind of glad though side note that we did that with with reinhardt same situation that we didn't um get into that that we just traded him away before because it was going to be the same situation of like he was going to command like seven eight mil a year and you're going to get him handcuffed because i think reinhardt's a good player oh for sure i don't but i don't think he's especially at the position the sabers are in now right like if you're if you're a team that is already definitely in the playoffs a guy like reinhardt could kind of put you over the top but he's like what he's doing now on the Panthers, it's incredible. Yeah, like, but he's not a guy that like you necessarily are going to pay that money and then build your team right around him. Yeah, no, that's fair. I don't know. I can you imagine the playoffs and we got a battle of Florida for the Eastern Conference Finals? If that could work out, Panthers versus Lightning how wonky that would be, but the level of hockey. Dude, that was the easy – I told you about – we had a game that night, I think, Tudor. I hit the mm-hmm. over on that the, in yep. the early second period. But, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's – I mean, Florida's really turned it around and taken off the last handful of years as well. I mean, obviously they had some some marquee players there, and then Bobrovsky actually looking, you know, competent again and – um, and things like that, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens with them down the stretch, the lightning, they're the lightning every single year at this point, like they're just going to be that terror in the Eastern conference until those guys are done. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, it's going to be some battles and it's kind of funny too, coming out of a hockey market, like Florida, that yeah. like, that's the big Eastern conference rivalry going on right now at the top of the, uh, standings. Yeah. I do. I and then again too. I think not only with the 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 skaters they have, but the goaltending on those teams is so much better. Like Carolina's oh, nasty. Carolina. I was having this conversation with a Leafs fan today. Actually, everyone. I'm already writing off the Hurricanes, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, eh, I don't know if I should. Because think about – because you know why I'm doing it too? It's because of the goaltending, and it's Freddie Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to be fair to Freddie Anderson, if you think about, like, he – where does the defensive groups he's played with stack up? Like, 
Right. Who's the best defenseman he played with in Toronto? Morgan Riley. Yeah. yeah. And then look at the group he has in Carolina. Yeah. Agreed. It's interesting to think about because I find myself quickly wanting their same thing with Colorado. Like Darcy Kemper's good, but uh, is he a cup Stanley Cup winning goaltender for you know playing the being the, the starter? I don't know. But look at the other teams he played on, and then look at that group they have in Colorado now. It's an interesting thought to think about. Yeah, they have a couple of okay skaters in Colorado. Um, I just, that team is just unbelievable. I just want to get a quick soundbite here before we uh, before we sign off. Um, I'll let you guys react to this one. Not sure if you saw it or not, but I had to had to get this uh, pulled up for the podcast. Uh, Video is even better, but we get the incredible audio from it too. All right. I mean, I love it. That's a, yeah, just the I, electric factory. Right I saw there. that, like, on, it was all over Twitter, and, like, Wes McCauley <laughs> is a treasure that needs to be protected at all costs. And at some point, this dude absolutely has to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like, he's a legend, unbelievable. Like, yeah, Wes McCauley's a man. That, that call's awesome. I mean, just the, the little flare at the end there is just great. But, and he's one of those refs, too, though. So, like, in sports, right? And I think we've talked about it on here with, like, obviously, you know, or so the officiating ranks. Yeah. Uh, but I think in general in sports, if you're an official, it's better if fans don't know your name. Generally, if fans know your name, it's because you stink. That is not the case with Wes McCauley. Yeah. He's an unbelievable yeah. official. Like, I think consensus is, like, he's very, very good. He's always but got he, the top games at the end yeah, of the year. He, like, he's he always, always in the playoffs. has – those moments like that where his personality shines through and it makes you smile watching the game and you're like, oh, that's this guy, this guy gets it, right? Like he's here, he's doing his job, he's calling a great game, and then he infuses some of his personality into it, and it's just hilarious. Like some of his goal or no goal calls, like on a video review when he skates out to the middle, it's just awesome. Oh, it's showtime. He's yeah, it's a showtime. Show. He's a show. Yeah. He absolutely. knows it. Yeah. He knows it. It's awesome. Beautiful. All right, boys. Well, that'll wrap up this episode. Um, great to be back. Get back in the saddle, as it were. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed your holidays with your friends and the family. I, I know we all did. Thank you. Like, subscribe, share, all that sort of stuff. We'll be back next week with another episode. Make sure you give every uh, everyone a follow. Us personally, you'll see us tagged in everything. The Charging Buffalo, Just Edition, new merch out, Skate Skins, check it out. Thanks for the support, everybody. We'll be back next week. See ya.